0: Seems golden bleak and you just can't take anymore. Here it comes, that glimmer of hope, a light shines through the dark. It's a hope show, With Eren and Rowe hit woe. It's a hope show, With Eren and Rowe hit woe. Well, 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 we're back. The Hopeless Show is back. We had to take a little hiatus because there was holidays. There was Thanksgiving, and then it led right into Hanukkah. And as a Jew, I had to celebrate Hanukkah every day and go to temple all the time and I was talking to my rabbi and praying and such. So we're, I'm, we're so glad to be back. Part Part of that isn't totally true, but it's a good excuse for why we had to take this time off. And now we are back and better than ever, and we can't wait to I'll go all the way through to the new year with episodes of The Hopeless Show. This is episode 68, and the theme is miracles because of Hanukkah.
1: And you know what, Aaron, I feel like each and every one of you listening to this episode is our own little miracle, because one day many years ago, you know, your parents decided to do it, and (laughs) they had you, and all the decisions And everything you did up into your life led you to this ultimate miraculous moment of listening to episode 68 of The Hopeless Show. So everything that you have done in your life, the miracles that has led you to us. Um, And we are really grateful for you. Um, And that's probably the greatest miracle that's ever happened. So um,
0: It it is. It actually is. On the first night, you got The Hopeless Show. And then everything else was... Fodder. Yeah.
1: God was like, you know what? I'm good. I did it. <laughs>
0: I did it. I gave I gave you the, uh, the hopeless show. So that's why we're back. We're here because we are the miracle in your life. And we have a crazy, weird... We have a lot to cover because we've been gone for about 10 days. So we have the... Something that I'm incredibly excited to cover is at the very end of the show, hope fulfilled. I don't want to spoil it, but I think people will feel pretty good after afterwards. And we have a, a submission that will surprise you. We're going to be talking about John Lennon and the Olympics and, and some personal stuff too. And we, maybe we should dive right into some of that personal stuff because some crazy stuff happened uh, while we were gone. Rowett, do you want to, do you want to update us?
1: Yeah. So in this year, 2021 of our Lord, um, this is the year that I turn 40 years old. Um, and that is on December 21st. However, um, m- you know, my partner, she, uh, you know, surprised me with, uh, a really wonderful 40th birthday party, you know, a couple weeks in advance to get all the friends there, but she surprised me with a roast and, uh, Essentially, we celebrated my 40th birthday um, and we had, um, you know, a comedian and we had a roast master or a comedian slash roast master. But most importantly, we had some of my closest friends take the mic. With me sitting next to them in front of this audience, where everybody was all dressed up, um, catered. You know, we had a tent in our backyard. It looked like a little like mini. It looked like a, a real ass event. It looked like a wedding. Um, it,
0: it looked like a it looked like a wedding. It was to just jump in. It was ni- It was nicer than a lot of weddings. It was very fancy. It was cool.
1: It was really fun. And like, I, I just, all I knew about this going in was Ina's like, okay, it's happening this day. I'm not telling you who's coming, not saying how many people are coming. And she's like, ignore all the work that's going on in the backyard. Ignore the contractors that are there um, and don't even go into the backyard. And on the day of, she had me banished from the house for seven hours. So I just went and like watched a movie and like walked around the Century City Mall. I watched the new Bond, by the way, is really good. But anyway, um, oh, cool. Uh, and I came back and my house is full of people that are dressed up. And people keep coming in through the door wearing like, you know, tuxedo stuff and cocktail attire. And and it was like, holy crap. Even my brother surprised me, flew in. And then we get into the backyard after the cocktail hours finished inside the house. We into the backyard. All those tables are beautifully set. Like there's like 36 chairs and across four tables. And there's a a stage and uh, a microphone and a chair. And then came a moment. Um... Aaron takes the microphone and he's like, Rohit, come up here. Because at first I was like, are we doing karaoke? Are we doing that? He's like, and then <laughs> told me to sit down. And as I'm walking up there, I'm like, oh no. And then uh, Aaron introduces uh, the Roastmaster, um, and who then introduces all the roasters. And then, yeah, we found out that we were spending the next you know hour and a half of my life um, with people tearing me a new one. And it was glorious. <laughs>
0: It was. It was really, uh, really unique. It was just a unique experience to see it, who, you know, hates cancel culture, hates likes for free speech, likes for everyone to be able to say what they want to say when they want to say it, and then making it all about him getting destroyed. I think I think that's how I introduced the Roastmaster, Sandy. I said, it. You love all this stuff. Well, get ready to get your ass kicked.
1: Yeah. Oh, and I did. I did. And I, uh, yeah, it was, there were some skeletons brought out of that closet because it was different groups of friends. I had, you know, my Dungeons and Dragons crew. I had my, you know, my longstanding, we call them the couples league friends, you know, which, you know, Aaron and I, we've been friends for God knows, you know, eight, nine years now, Gone to a bunch of baseball games and, you know, all that. And like, we have a core, core group of friends. That was one group. And then like my brother, and then like even like friends from work, you know, like from like past jobs and stuff like that. But like, it was like my favorite people in the world um, that were there, um, that could be there. You know, obviously there's, you know, some home friends and stuff from New York that obviously couldn't make it. But it was just, it was wonderful to get absolutely destroyed by the people you love most. Um, (laughs) And yeah, a lot of jokes centered on um, my Lego collection around my Dungeons and Dragons, um, around me kind of being a man-child, I guess. And my brother even made a quip about how pretty much I fit, like, if you, like, look at my house and all the things I collect, it's like I really fit, like, the um, the profile of a pedophile. And just, like, it's like, hey, want to check out my Legos? It's like generally when people come over, it's what I do. And, so,
0: and later on in the night, you did. You Yeah. Came. People who hadn't seen them, a tour of your
1: Legos. I literally did. And um, yeah, so there's that. And I also got a very wonderful Lego Yoda set from somebody on this podcast. And, um, Mm -hmm. you know, and um, but yeah, it was great enough about my birthday um, because it hasn't happened yet, but it was like one of the best nights of my life. And so, Aaron, thank you for being a phenomenal roaster. Um, And Aaron, by the way, (laughs) sang a song. Uh, not Rocket Man, but Rohit Man, and got his lyrics and had everybody sing along, and it was hilarious. Um, but yes, well, it was it was actually called Rohit Man, he him because we
0: had to identify uh, <laughs> the pronoun for Rohit because he loves that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, anyway, so the other piece of the the news from the quarantine is. Just real quick, little PSA for, for everyone. I am not about telling you what to do with your body, what you should do with anything in your life. I am here to give a recommendation and with a specific reason. So I, I'm now in the second... I got the booster shot two days ago. Yesterday, it kicked my ass. Like I was... Uh, you know, very tired, lethargic, and achy. Today I'm back. I'm talking to to you guys. And so it was one day of like, yuck. I've also had COVID twice. So to, to just give perspective, the COVID twice is worse than the one day of the booster. So when people are thinking, when you all are thinking what you want to do with your body, which you have your right and your choice to do what you want with it, When you're thinking of that, I just want to give you a recommendation. If you don't care about yourself or what happens to you with the shot or you're you're just like indifferent to it. My mom said this, she's a therapist. And she said, instead of getting angry about it, why can't people think about loving one another and caring about one another? And if you do that, so you're not even doing it for yourself. Don't even think about yourself. Think of it like, when you're if you saw someone fall like pass out on a street and they needed cpr and you're going to give them cpr because you care about humanity you care about other people this is like giving someone cpr because it's come out today that the booster in fact does prevent you from getting this omnicron or whatever it's called new covid and it also the only way that new covids keep happening is because people aren't vaccinated and they keep and then they what mutate into other forms of vaccination. So this isn't a PSA like you have to do this. I'm just saying love thy neighbor. That's in the Bible. Love thy neighbor. Care about other people. Just think about it for a sec. And I recommend doing this because it's really not that big a deal even if you feel a little lousy for a day. And after that one day of lousiness, if you don't care about helping yourself or you don't think it does anything for yourself, just Maybe, just maybe think, maybe it can help others, maybe by you doing it because you won't get someone else sick, maybe, even if you there's a ten percent chance and you're really like, this isn't just all b s that ten percent is worth it in my opinion, so I just recommend it, not telling you what to do, I just recommend it, care about others, that's it. I just wanted to say that,
1: yeah, and it's and here's and it's like. I agree. And I think there is obviously like, it's not a 100%, uh, you know, getting the shot booster doesn't 100% stop you from getting COVID, but it greatly reduces it. It makes you, it'll make you less, suffer far fewer symptoms. And, it, and, and honestly, it reduces the spread. But even that small, te- you know, couple minutes of just to go there, get the jab and leave, that bit of kindness can actually save lives. I mean, I, it's, 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 it should not, it, we're gonna have to cut around this, but uh, I was in the grocery store the other day, and my ass bumped into this old lady, and I was like, look, picking out ice cream, and I was like, trying to like look below, and because it's all frosty, and I want I was looking for a good chocolate uh, gelato, and so my ass mm-hmm. just like ass checked this like lady, she's like, whoa. And I turned around and she's like 70 years old, like short, tiny, round, and adorable. And I'm, I'm like, I'm so sorry. She's like, No, I'm so sorry. She's like, My butt was in the way. I was just trying to read. And she's looking at the top shelf, which is two feet taller than her. She's like, I can't find the peach soda. Um, and I was like, Oh, this one? And I'm tall for those that don't that can't tell by my voice. Um, you know, because obviously you can because as a podcast, you can totally tell what we look like. Um but oh yes. Yeah. So yeah, I, I have horns. And I'm tall and I have green skin. But anyway. Um, <laughs> and so I'm like, oh, this peach one. She's like, yeah. I was like, do you want me to get more for you? And she's like, yeah. So I'm just like emptying the peaches into oh, her really? car. Yeah. And so I'm like, help her. All the top shelf shopping in that aisle, I was just like grabbing for her and like helping her out. She's like, that's so sweet. I was like, ah, that's cool, man. Um, it was adorable. And that's just helping an old lady shop after like, I literally ass checked her into the, into the, uh, into the uh, shelves. Um, but <laughs> I... Um, that little bit of kindness made me feel good imagine like the kindness you can get when you might be saving someone's life and while it may not be as direct and not one-to-one it's just you know like aaron said but anyway aaron this is a very that's interesting it. yeah it, it's a that's it
0: it's so it's it's very simple and and as ro had said you know just think of it as if you're hockey checking a seven-year-old woman into an ice cream contain, uh fridge
1: Yeah, it's that's the perfect. analogy. That's what they use on the
0: news.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's because I I was on the fridge side. She was on the shelf side because they're like, you know, they shared an aisle. But and it's a it's a a small aisle in my regard. Um, And and nothing fell off the shelf when she flew into it. So that was also good. Oh, really? Yeah, nothing fell off the shelf.
0: So it means you're not very you're not a very powerful man. No, my
1: booty's just not big enough. Um.
0: (laughs) Well, speaking of. Well, I think, and by the way, just to tie it in, I think that the booster is a miracle. I think it's a miracle that we have these things so that we're getting to live life again. If we didn't have these boosters and these vaccines and stuff, good luck, society. So that, with that in mind, I think we can go right into topic one, yeah. which I have no idea where you're getting with this, but it sounds bad.
1: Yeah. So this is this is our a, a regular check into Australia. Australia. To Australia. <laughs> um, and... You know, we've talked in the past about you know New South Wales where they euthanized all the dogs, so people didn't have to leave their house to go uh, rescue them um, in that you know the shelters in that part of the that that part of Australia. Um, Really sad stuff. Um, And I think my hopelessness, Aaron, is is I'm going to talk to you about some of the, I guess like the the crazy conspiracies about COVID. How we are giving more fuel to the anti-vax fire because of shit that is, some of the stuff that's going down in Australia. And Hmm. there's a, um, there's some videos that have been coming out kind of as what some people on the internet are calling internment camps. Essentially, there is an old mining facility that has a capacity, it's called Howard Springs, that has a capacity of 2,000 people that can be held there. It's an old mining camp that's been turned into a quarantine center where they are housing people um, and, uh, and there's videos of like people kind of almost in cages being fed and given water and you're like, oh, holy shit. And the truth is it's for travelers that are coming into Australia and they're it's a mandatory quarantine. You know, usually most countries you can quarantine in a hotel or a fixed location. You just kind of sign in on the document where you're staying, where you're quarantining, but they're actually sending people to this camp. Now, I kind of understand. I get it. They don't. They want to make sure, it's, you know, it's like because when you send animals and pets, you send them to a quarantine shelter. But now they have this human mm-hmm. shelter. What is scary to me is, I mean, I travel. I'm going international. And I highly recommend people get vaccinated. I highly recommend people take the precautions, get tested, all of that. Um, you don't want to be spreading this across borders. But to imagine having to go somewhere and be in like, a camp, and sit there for days in kind of like a cagey type room thing, um, and with two thousand other people crammed in, like is. Ta- let's talk about this, Aaron. What the hell? Ooh.
0: Um, well, I know a lot of my old relatives can relate.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah yeah, so that that's not good because you don't want anything where you where I could say, "Well, that sounds similar to the Holocaust is not good. Uh, I guess the hope I can give you because it sounds messed up, but this could be. this just could be. One of those things where Australia is far away and we are getting sent news because it's it catches your attention, it catches my attention that isn't totally the truth. It's not exactly what's happening or it's not what's the norm in the in society. Just like in California, if you're in Australia, you might think California is all people just running around in tie-dye and hugging trees because that's how they paint it, that California's like that. It's not like that. And the reason I say this is I just was talking to a friend from Australia a couple days ago on the phone And I asked him about some of the stuff you'd brought up and he said, actually it's just that people in Australia are more in general, the news paints it different, but they in general are more prone to just when the government says to do something that's recommended because of COVID especially, they do it. And I listened to that and I said, but what about all the stuff on the news that we've been hearing? And he said, yeah, they blow it out of proportion. Really. That's what's happening. And so, that's the hope i can give you is that the story you're telling me sounds awful and maybe there's pieces of it that are true but from the ground in australia friends said this just isn't what they're experiencing there
1: yeah i general. mean what was the original post i got everybody riled up and i'm on politifact the original thing was charlie kirk that very reliable charlie kirk mm. sarcasm mm. um
0: yeah that guy sucks yeah he
1: kind of sucks I, I wish he,
0: we could I wish we could roast him and just say fuck you
1: the whole time yeah. but so yeah that, that wouldn't be a very funny roast you gotta be witty on that one um, alright how about there's, there's enough material uh, we, could, we could come up with but um,
0: how about not Captain Kirk
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, just keep shrinking his face you know as the photoshoppers tend to do but anyway the original claim by Charlie Kirk was that Australia is putting their unvaccinated citizens into these internment camps Politifact is like that's false. This is only for travelers, both vaxxed and unvaxxed, coming into the country. They're being put into these detention, these sort of facilities um, for a set period of days, and then they're released once they can be tested. But yes, they are, and Australia even they are. They said you know that they might change their sort of uh, border prior rules later. But yes, the hundred percent fact is they are facilities that they are putting all travelers that are coming into the country into these quarantine camps. Um, Right. So that that that's the truth, but it is not them rounding up their unvaxxed. So like that is not what we are trying to say or what we are trying to spread. Um, but I think like to me the hopeless part is that this feels a bit too far. It feels like a kind of like uh, I don't know. It, it feels really uncomfortable, um, and maybe um, um, I, I, I I don't know. But I, it sounds I, like it sounds like it's n- like
0: if you have. Papers from getting vaxxed and stuff on the way in, and then you get there and you have a good test within two days or something, you're fine. That's what my friend told me.
1: Yeah. Uh, so But you're I still put can... into a camp for two days. Or three days, I think. Oh, it yeah, is. I went to I went to summer
0: camp. It's fun, man.
1: Yeah, I don't know how many games there are. I mean, there's also some Nazi propaganda. If you remember some of the, the camps are like, oh look, this is this is a that's a spa, right? And then those people were then shipped off, you know, to much worse places. But the I think to me Maybe you're hanging out with some kangaroos. I would love that. Or some koalas or whatever. Koalas. Yeah. Or or Tasmanian devils.
0: But the An opera. Maybe you're listening to lots of opera. Because they have the Sydney Opera House.
1: It could be. But you're in an old mining camp. Um, that's far away from the population. I think the the part that you know, however Stop countries want to my do that, buzz, dude. is is to me, this is like a form of border control, and I get it. Every country's kind of doing their border control. I I think the
0: same, the same. Sorry, I'm having like a, a hard time getting this one out today. Could we just like rest on the fact that the the media is probably blowing some of this out of proportion in the my ground ops in Australia who are reporting back to me are saying that it's really not bad. Can we can we hope gong the fact that maybe some of this isn't that bad?
1: Well, these are also people that voluntarily gave up their guns, so yeah, uh, I think it's just a matter of opinion how much you respect your government. I respect the COVID vaccine and I respect safety, but I don't I don't respect governments. If a government wants me to do something, I'm just going to like try and do the opposite. <laughs> but as long as it's not well, hurting well, other people, so
0: in the in yeah, well, let's can we hope gong at least the fact that people there are saying it's not that bad. I guess so. Please. Yeah.
1: Yes. There. Please. Yeah. Great. Australians. You, yeah. If you enjoy your oppression, go for it. Uh, <laughs> have, have a great time with it. And if you, if you,
0: if listeners, you can't tell, Rohit, some of these these ways that Rohit thinks were definitely roasted at his roast. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Goddamn fucking commies! Uh, yeah. So. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Everyone's a commie yeah yeah. Uh, so all right well we got oh big news too for the show we are about to go into our Crypto Watch segment and Dan who wrote the music for the show is uh, is close to sending and opening a a little riff for the Crypto Watch segment hot off the presses that's great that's great news I didn't even know that you didn't even know yeah didn't uh, even know that so we just have to follow up with him and we are gonna get I, 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 we're going to get a few new ditties for the for the show. So I can't wait. We can't wait to share them with you. And we can't wait to hear them
1: ourselves. Amazing. Well, Crypto Watch, if you guys might remember, if anybody listened to episode 61, um, we talked about NFTs um, and kind of some interesting how they're going into gaming. Well, Aaron, I got some news for you. Mm. So uh, Axie Infinity. And for you listeners out there, think of... A game that's kind of like minecraft meets animal crossing um and what you do is you get a plot of land you till the land you develop it you know you can have these little characters and the characters can battle with other characters and so a plot of land in this digital world just sold for 2.48 million dollars And right now there's 2 million active players in Axie Infinity, and that number is growing and growing and growing and growing and growing every day. Um, And we hear, we often, on a crypto watch, we often talk about different cryptocurrencies to watch. I'm very curious, and I'm very interested, and I'm very excited, Aaron, to jump into Axie Infinity. I mean, think about it. We could end up doing just playing games and then earning what they have in their game as these, like, unique... A unique cryptocurrency, a cryptocurrency is unique to the game, that I think was worth like ten cents, like six, seven months ago, and now it's worth like hundreds of dollars. I think, like bananas. Um, yeah, it's gone crazy, and you can even buy a starter character for like a hundred ten dollars, and these starter, these like little like action figures, like these like digital figures, they're like. You know NFTs in a sense. There's like these little collectible figures, but they can fight. They can fight. They can battle, and even that might be just a fun investment, just to start, and then to kind of like you know. So I think I'm gonna start playing around with that this week, Aaron. Um, So hopefully we can be rich. Um,
0: So will you let me know the outcome of how it goes this weekend, and then I'll do it.
1: Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. So there's Axie Infinity. There's another company called Loot. Um, and YGG um, so these are places that we can all start just playing games and maybe if we just play enough and unlock who knows maybe we could be rich I don't know um, I did talk about that I think since we last talked, yeah I think since we had our last episode uh, yeah I've since written and uh, yeah if any of you guys had a chance to read my Guardian article we do talk about you know not necessarily NFTs but crypto and kind of how you know the whole struggle um, so I just want to plug that it's real it's real it's real and it's painful um, but yeah, that, that's the latest on crypto watch. Um, so there's hope. Oh, well, there's
0: one, there's one other thing. Yeah. Oh yeah. What do you got? And, Cause I like that and I'm excited to jump in with you and own land digitally with whatever the fuck that means, but at least I'm going to have it and we're going to get rich. So that'll be cool. And then the other thing that I just wanted to point out is I was looking at Bitcoin. Everyone knows Bitcoin. And I was looking at what its price high is. It's dipped a bit since this what it's all time price high is. And this is where I think this whole thing is like, is manipulated by like, it's like we're in the Truman show and there's like one crypto guy, like let's call him Ben crypto. And he's this dude who manipulates all of us. And it's, it's just a big fu to everyone. And he just is messy. We're, we're Ben crypto's puppets because the all time high for Bitcoin ever, and there's all kinds of numbers and variations and stuff that it could be. The all-time, the number one point that it landed on is the highest point of crypto is $69,000 a nice. coin. Ex- nice. Exactly, exactly $69,000. I don't think that's a coincidence.
1: I mean... I part of me never part of me wants Bitcoin just to be like stuck at sixty nine thousand four hundred twenty dollars, but I would like it to maybe hit a little bit higher. But yeah, I mean that it is that is the nicest price. Um,
0: it's weird, right? It's weird. Anyway, that I just had to bring that up. We'll see what happens. But I think that there's a guy named Ben Crypto, and we're in the Truman Show, and we're just getting controlled by him. <laughs> So m- you have m- a sports m- update.
1: I got a sports update. And this is an interesting one. Um, I wanted to put it in hope fulfilled, but I thought maybe we could have a quick discussion about it. Um, but the Joe Biden just announced um, that the United States will not send any diplomatic or government officials to the 2022 Beijing Olympics, citing China's human rights violations. I E they literally have fucking slaves and concentration camps where they're housing the Uyghur Muslims. Um, So I'm really thrilled about this. They are still sending athletes, by the way. The athletes can participate because they've worked their whole life and that was clearly stated by Biden. Um, But there's been a lot of international pressure and I think America's actually trying to apply further pressure. so yeah so neither he nor will any officials be attending the, the the events which is kind which is you haven't seen that in a long time for a country no to that's out. a
0: bold that's a bold statement I I applaud him for that that's uh, you know that's actually standing for something and not just it's much easier for him to go to the Olympics and wave and yay America it's a much harder thing to do to do a stand like this where it's like we're not going and to, I, I recently watched a film called Spy Game. It was with Robert Redford and Brad Pitt. It came out a long time ago. Mm-hmm. And what was interesting, must be 20 years old, the film. You know who our enemy was and was doing crazy trade shit and bad things with with uh, slaves and stuff like that? Yes. Like, who was the enemy in this film?
1: Was it China?
0: Yeah. And so... It's just, this hasn't gone away. This has constantly been a problem. It's maybe been more or less a problem depending on the year or the date. But it's interesting that a movie like that is battling the same, and movies to me are real, it's battling the same problems that we're battling right now. So I'm glad he's taking a stand. What do you think? I'm thrilled about you it. Are, you are. kind of already said it. Yeah,
1: yeah. I'm, I'm thrilled about it. And here's the thing. We want to be clear. This is a stance not against the Chinese people, but against the CCP. Um, yeah. Those commie bastards are uh, up to a lot of no good across the world and in their own country. Um, yep. But on Monday, in response, China warned it would take, quote-unquote, resolute countermeasures to any boycott. And... The Winter Olympics is not a stage for a political show and political manipulation," said Zhao Lijian, a spokesman, China's a spokesman from China's Ministry of Foreign Affairs. A boycott would be a naked political provocation and a serious offense to of the 1.4 billion Chinese. A people. naked political provocation. That would be funny if just all the politicians came naked. Oh yeah, just like dongs out meat spin yeah. style. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. Opening ceremony is everybody is in the you know the arena, and they. Are all doing meat spin, but they have LEDs on their dons. So everybody is just like from all the countries is just like you see this like laser light show. But anyway, I mean that would and be... we can't we we cannot we
0: cannot be just to one sex. And all the great female athletes have laser lights on their boobs.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, boob and meat spins. I mean it would probably be the first opening ceremony I'd have watched since I was a kid. Uh, if that yeah. was the case, oh, um,
0: that would be that would be the best, the biggest rated thing since oh, yeah. uh, the beetle the Beatles on Ed Sullivan.
1: Oh yeah, probably bigger, um,
0: and <laughs> depends depends on the country. <laughs> bigger.
1: So, so Aaron, I think the quick discussion before we move on is: I was like, do you think that? What do you think is going to come out of this? Like, what what do you what do you predict will be the ramifications?
0: Dignity. No matter what exactly happens, I think that we have some dignity, and I like that, and I and I like standing by our laurels instead of. What we've been doing for a while, which is n- not having anything that we stand for except nothing, so mm-hmm. I I think that, and I I don't think that much will come out of it beyond that, but it at least gives us a stance, and we are we have been lacking in really any foreign uh, stance for a, for four years, especially, and so to now have some of these stances come out is is really positive. It's like no, we're not going to frame pictures of. Kim Jong-un and think he's a hero and no, yes, we're going to meet with Putin, but talk about the real things that matter. Like I think Biden just did. And so I like this. I just think it's a good, it's another thing that's showing um, the world who America really is again.
1: Yeah. And one thing I will say, we both, I think share many opinions on the previous administration. However, I think one of the only things it did was stand up to China I was, and I was very scared that we would stop that, but it looks like we are accelerating it. And I'm we're b- very, doing it more. Yeah, we're doing yeah, it, it bigger great. than before. Yeah, because before that, we were we got ourselves in a position where they we owe them. You know, we took so many so much money in loans from China. They are, you know, they the country owns so much property in the U.S. Like they kind of own us, and they've taken over they our manufacturing. Um, and I think that you know, obviously, at some point in our lifetimes, there may be another world war, um, and I think that we may not be on the same side. Um, unfortunately. Um, no. But I think it's, it's yeah, generally, I think we're going to see another world war at some point. Hopefully, but I think not, it is a, a miracle.
0: It is a miracle that we don't have that right now. And we yes. are standing up for what we believe in, but there are no wars that with, get with us involved. We are out of the Afghanistan war. It is nice to be, have some peace.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're still in Afghanistan. Um, and Give peace a, a chance.
0: Of- we're in Afghanistan, but we've, Pulled out of it, for
1: the most part. Yeah, yeah, mostly. Yeah, you could yeah. say just the tip, just the tip. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so hopefully, you know, like I said, I love people of China, but like I said, as a big fan of anti-government, uh, that's one, and that's one government I'm very anti. Um, so it's very anti. That. Yeah. So, um, all right, and cool. Th- that was a sports update, Aaron. Oh wait, when we'll hope Gong it? I think we feel a lot of hope now.
0: Everyone should feel real good and mushy. We're going to mm. have some amazing hope at the end too by the oh, way. Oh yeah. And so, we have a debate, Rohit, as we we're at the midpoint of the show ish. Uh our debate. Again, we I am we're trying to get more personal with some of the show, just really dig deep into to what we're feeling and who we are and 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 we want you to chime in. This is about the Former governor of New York, Mario Cuomo's younger son, Chris Cuomo. His older son, Andrew Cuomo, already was fired, basically, from his job as governor of New York earlier this year. Last year, he was a COVID hero. He, everyone loved him. Then we found out he had nipple rings. Then he got fired for sexual harassment claims. Now, Chris Cuomo, his brother, who's a CNN journalist, who during the pandemic was again, a big, big deal. I mean, everyone, a lot of people watched him. I watched him uh, before I quit the news. I watched uh, Chris Cuomo. I'm guessing you've seen him row it on many times. Mm -hmm. And he did something that I really want to hear your opinion about because I don't know if we'll agree here. He, his brother was in trouble and He used some of his power as a journalist or a show host, whatever you call these guys, because I don't even think they're fully journalists anymore. I think they're more, they're shock jock slash journalists because they want to, they're opinionated journalists. I don't know. It's not full journalism. It's, It's getting some shock, whether you're Fox News or CNN. They're all a little bit, there's a fine line there, I think. But he was helping his brother, Get intel so that he wouldn't get arrested or in huge trouble from these claims that are that have gone out about him. We still don't know if they're true or not, but they were enough so that he got canceled. And so Chris Cuomo, and now they're going to war. CNN versus Chris Cuomo. They're going to war. Lee lawyered up. Chris Cuomo says he was honest about what he did. He did it. For family reasons, is CNN Candom. What do you think of this row? Because I have a, a pretty, inter- I think, unique opinion here. What do you think?
1: Well, I'm, what I'm going to do is not really focus on how both the Cuomo brothers are, inarguably, objectively pieces of shit. Um, yeah, that's you know, not. That's, can't yeah, that can't go to your opinion exact, of them. It yeah, doesn't exactly. Work. Because CNN, and here's the thing, and this is this brings about ethics in news journalism. CNN protected Cuomo. Cuomo, as you mentioned, Mar, oh, sorry, Andrew Cuomo, only lost his job after claims of sexual harassment. But he didn't lose his job after because CNN protected him. He didn't lose his job after sending thousands and thousands of seniors to their death to, in uh, to nursing homes um because he wanted to keep his covid numbers down so he could sell more books and seem like a success. That that's the that's first of all is criminal and but anyway, we're not going to talk about that. What we are going to talk about is Chris we Can't.
0: Cuomo. We have this is about Yes. So about what we are going to talk about is
1: a journalist firing. a journalist that has access Here's the thing. If you were con- con- accused by 10 women of sexual assault, what you are not given access to sometimes is all the details is all the names until it comes up in court what you're not given access to is even necessarily who they all are until you have to go through you know the certain court process and all that kind of stuff like the accusers have their time to put their case together now oftentimes journalists will talk to the accusers they'll, have, they'll at least get get an inside track right and they'll be able to sort of you know have these conversations and then Cuomo can then have his day in court as same way as the accusers. Now, what Chris was doing, his brother, he, as a journalist, had access to privileged information. He had access to these, uh, you know, to who these women were, what they were accusing of them. He was then proven to communicate that to his brother with text messages, it's all in texts. He's communicated to his brother and to his brother's um, uh, chief of staff and saying, these are the women, this is what they're accusing, Here's like now you can start finding ways to like circumvent this get around and in advance start like trying to find ways to plan how you can debunk their stories and then go on the offensive you know discredit them before the trial even starts before anything any court of court proceedings he was using privileged information to then support his brother and now that's one that is literally working with information that that his brother should not have had access to two using his privilege to then go on air and then defend his brother, still speaking as a journalist, and still calling himself a news organization. I don't think they're a news organization, same way I don't think Fox News is a news organization, nor do I think MSNBC is a news organization. However, they're still technically news organizations. So he committed literally major journalistic ethical malpractice. And you even had the people from NPR, New York Times, L.A. Times, famous writers, people that are like, dude, how does he still have a job? CNN put him on uh, suspension. Then over the weekend, they did a whole bunch of investigation. And they were like, not only like we're immediately terminating him, but also in light of additional information that has come, come to light. So I think CNN should have fired him from the literally the nanosecond that this was shown instead of waiting just to suspend him. But the fact that they waited, but the fact that they even said there's even more like Chris Cuomo should not have a job. And he should never work as a journalist again, maybe an entertainer or something like that, but he should not be near anything called news because he has committed malpractice. And that is, um, in some way, you haven't seen Brian Williams in a long time. Remember when Brian Williams lied about being on the ground? I, I was in this war. I did that. You know, I recorded on this. Be like, no, you didn't. Like, you literally lied about that. He misrepresented himself. He misrepresented the truth and was caught. So I don't, this is, and what Chris Cuomo did is even worse because he's now, literally, this is a case of sexual, these are many cases of sexual assault, which he is trying to pervert justice. And that is why he was fired.
0: Okay. So the first thing you said about these networks not being journalism, they're more opinionated, What they're more like talk shows and opinionated talk shows than they are journalists in uh, on Fox News if Chris Cuomo did all this I think he'd get a huge promotion because they're the same way they're just they like the shock and they don't none of those guys are telling any sort of truth they're just giving opinions and making things up so what I believe with this with Chris Cuomo forget any opinion of the the brothers or the family or anything like that If I was in his position, me, and my sister, or you were in your position with your brother, if I was in my position with my sister, and she was in trouble, and I had a way to help her in any way, because that's family, I would do what he did. And I don't know how I'd, if I'd say like, look, I need to take a leave of absence for it, something like that. But I would, I don't, I can't see myself not doing family first and doing something form of what he did to at least get some information to see what's going on for my family. So in that regard, should should he then get released and all that and, and view him as you will? And I'm not even giving my opinion of him personally. I'm just saying when it comes to family and, and helping out family, and we're in an era where people are lying left and right and are using advantages in their in their family. And we talk about the previous administration, talk about using family to your advantage and helping out family and doing things illegally for family. In this case, I would do what he did. I, yeah, would, I mean,
1: two things. I, 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 and I don't agree think with,
0: you would. And I don't
1: think you wouldn't. I agree. And I think like there's two points. I think the first point you talked about, you know, was we'll get to in a second, but I think this point, I think it's a matter of ethics versus morals. Morally, I would do whatever I can to protect my family morally, but Cuomo knew what he was doing was wrong, which is why he had to go on the low to do it. So he chose his brother over his job. He fully knew that he could get fired and he chose his brother. And I'm not shaming him for that because honestly, family is more important than a job. But I, so I don't blame him from a moral standpoint in terms of family for choosing that, but he also knew what the outcome would be had he been caught. He knew what he was doing was unethical and he was abusing his privilege as a journalist. So he knew that, and I think he's just, at this point, he's paying, he's paying the tax. And so I'm not hating on that, but what this is, is he is trying to um, uh, really help someone get away with a crime as a journalist. And that is breaking his jobs ethics. It's also breaking a lot of societal ethics. And if Don Jr. worked for Fox News, And Don Jr. was feeding his dad information about the women who had accused him in advance so he can go on the offensive. He would no, but I'm sure you'd want him fired.
0: Yeah, I'm not saying that what Chris, I'm not saying fired or not fired. I'm saying that the vilification he's getting for trying to do something for his family is morally what, as you said, what I would what I would do on Fox News, where the double standard is, is they are obviously destroying him, and they love it. They're destroying him. And if Don Jr. was on that show giving misinformation, and he has been, and they all have been. They've all done this. And Tucker Carlson and Sean Hannity was talking to Donald Trump all the time, every week, to discuss strategy of what he's going to report. So, they were doing it constantly, and, uh, and they get promoted, and they get better ratings. So, the the double standard in our on the different news channels is in, insane, even though they're all opinionated. The, I agree. The, I just think that, there again, there's a lot of gray area in our society and in different issues like this that come up. And everyone's saying that immediately Chris Cuomo is just awful for this. Think a little bit more about what you would do and how weird a predicament it would be to be put in and i think a lot of a lot of us in general who ride this holier than thou attitude wouldn't necessarily do the holier than thou thing if put in that
1: situation yeah and i think i'm not indicting him for choosing his brother over his job but he made the choice and i don't think he should get to keep his job because which he broke all the rules I don't think he should get to keep his job because he did it for family. He made a choice. And I think and I didn't he even choice. in choice. De-
0: in this debate, I didn't even bring up should he or shouldn't he keep his job. I think the facts and what happened will play out. Uh, we haven't really, we don't know all. We just know the, again, just the sound bites of, of all of the stories. So we'll see what happens. If he, there's stuff where CNN just did it for PR reasons and there's more, to the story that he's saying there is, then I want to hear it. If not, then he should be fired. I just, we always jump to conclusions with stuff like this without thinking it through a little and thinking, all right, where would we be in this situation? What really was going on here? And I think we need to do that a little bit more.
1: Yeah. And here's the thing. It's, 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 I agree, but like the fact that he's using CNN resources to try and collect dirt on these women, to try and figure out how he can get his brother out of a criminal investigation he is this is also this is it's it's I think there's a lot to dislike about him even though he's trying to help his brother he he's doing some what about the women that if it's proven true what about the women that were assaulted oh what awful. about them and so like i again i'm not
0: saying that this is why it's a debate i'm not talking about any of the other specifics i'm just talking about the thing that he did and that I would probably do a similar thing. To. So, and so I think the debate you might like,
1: also. right. So that maybe, maybe so what is the debate question then? Is
0: it, it's just the, the rash conc- like that. Everyone is saying that he is terrible for what he did without thinking for a second, well, what would you do if your brother or sister or family member was in huge danger and was being accused and could go to even jail? I think you'd help them. And if at the time the only way to do it was to go under the radar, you'd do it. And yeah, if the, if the ramifications are that you get fired, if it's found out, then that's yeah. what happens. And then you let the due process play out because there's going to be lawsuits and they're going to go back and forth and we're going to see all the truths and find out what happened.
1: Yeah. Yeah, he chose family and I, I respect chosen family. But yeah, there, there's... The, the morals and ethics of the route that he went on are highly questionable. Um, of course, and
0: yeah. the, I guess the last thing I'll say of this debate and listeners chime in, tell us what you think. Is I really would love to be at the Cuomo Christmas dinner. That's <laughs> not if you're like a woman. Be, what? No, <laughs> but man, just that family discussion. Hey, so how's your year been? Well, I got fired as governor. How's your year been? Oh, I got fired as top journalist at CNN. All right. What's next to talk about? (laughs) How's everyone doing? Yay. Merry Christmas. Hey, what, what are you doing in the new year? Uh, lawsuits. (laughs) What are you doing? Lots of lawsuits.
1: (laughs) Yeah. There's gonna be some lawyers getting some good fees, uh, the next couple of years. Um, mega, mega fees. Yeah. Yeah. Like I think Chris Cuomo should just be out of a job and just, he'll find a way as a pundit, you know, back, he'll probably be back on his feet. And he'll Andrew get
0: fired be, by Fo- yeah. he'll be hi- get hired by Fox News in a week. Who knows?
1: And Andrew should be in prison. Um, and then
0: hopefully that's um, yes. But anyway, does he get to bring his nipple rings?
1: <laughs> oh man, he better. <laughs> but so so that was a good spirited debate. And Aaron, I think let's uh, as we round out start to round out you know getting to uh, deeper into the show. Let's talk about your topic.
0: Yes. So my topic is John Lennon. And the, the idea of cancel culture with John Lennon. John Lennon uh, celebrates his birthday. Uh, his, not birthday, the opposite. It's 41 years since he got murdered, which is pretty crazy. 41 years, and he's still so relevant too, which is also interesting. Now, John Lennon in 1972 had a hit album. The Beatles had broken up. He had a lot of... All his albums were hit albums. And he had a hit album called Sometime in New York City. It was with John and Yoko. And there were some great songs on the album and so on. One of them was called New York City. He Sunday, Bloody Sunday. A bunch of cool songs. And the first song on the album, which was actually the single on the album that was released, but then the, no one would play it. But it still was a hit, but it was his small the his least big hit of all of his singles in his whole Beatles and solo career was called in quotes woman is the n-word of the world it's the first song on the album
1: and spelled out
0: spelled out it's on Spotify you can listen to it you may have heard the song before without realizing it because it's but it's hard to hear because they won't really play it on the radio uh so I was just thinking about this and thinking thinking about knowing about that song and his the day he got shot and cancel culture and well first of all that it just I and if you listen to the lyrics of the song he's making a point did he choose the right word to use for the in the song no but it just shows to me how we are, and it makes me feel hopeless because we are canceling and destroying people because of things taken out of context that they did or said 20, 30, 40 years ago. And then they're canned and not able to do whatever it is now. And then you have John Lennon who did this. If he was alive, I'm guessing he'd be canceled for this. But instead he's lauded as a you know hero and amazing musician. So I'm I'm curious because it makes me feel just a little weird about it all. Like he made this song. He also was you know big into peace and and civil rights and he just, the song was just simply the the point of it is that women have been treated terribly just like African Americans in this country. That's the point of the song.
1: Yeah. I mean like Bob Dylan has used the word, I'm not excusing it, you know, and it's, it's the intention. I think you look at an artist's attention and I think his intention was to show just how women are, you know, without knowing the lyrics of the song. Cause like, you know, I'm not, I'm not a huge Beatle knowledge person. Um, and a lot of surface level <laughs> stuff, but it sounds like his intention was to place both women and black people into a, into an area where they're like, into a spotlight where they're like, guys, you treating them like shit. I mean, yes. here's the thing. I think there's a lot of other this things. This was 1972. That, that, 1972. Exactly. And there's a lot of other things that, that you can cancel John Lennon for, you know, he's self-admitted, you know, he's, he says he used to hit women. He used to abuse them. Um, and that was, you know, he was supposedly awful to his son, Julian. Um, and there, I think we've had this discussion before as, you know, separating the art from the artist yeah. and yeah, it doesn't sound like John Lennon was a great guy. It sounds like in his later years before he was killed, you know, he started to, you know, understand and learn and kind of come to terms with how he was, who he was and really evolve as a person. Um, and you saw that with all the peace, love, hippy, dippy shit that he was putting out there. Um, you know, which was a lot of good music too. Um, yeah. So yeah, I don't think you can indict somebody for the title of a song, especially when it was a different time. And that doesn't mean it's a right, but the intention was meant to be provocative to get people to look and to hopefully, you know, like I said, shine a light on the abuse that you give to, to two groups of people without thinking.
0: And that's I I totally agree, and that's where I think we all have to again think before just immediately doing a a cancel or a because this is John Lennon here, you know, one of the most, if not the most famous musician of ever, and uh, and the song is about how both African Americans and women are just treated like second class and we need change that's the point and he was a provocative dude so he'd say things to get people's attention and uh he came from a terrible upbringing and yeah he didn't treat Ju- i hung out with the julian recently and he it was interesting he's a, he has he has come to complete complete peace with uh with his dad and all the ups and downs they had so that was you brought him up so i figured i'd just mention that um but yeah, I agree with everything you just said. And I think that we have to think before we jump to con- to judgment because there's here's John Lennon who did write this song. And if, I don't know, name someone who if they wrote this song like 10 years ago or 20, Coldplay, I don't know why I thought of that. But if they wrote that, this song, <laughs> Chris Martin would never, he'd be toast. Yeah. So let's just, yeah, think a bit and because when you hear you know we we make her paint her face and dance if she won't be a slave we say that she don't love us if she's real we say she's trying to be a man while putting her down we pretend that she is above us woman is the n-word of the world yes she is if you don't believe me take a look to the one you're with woman is the slave to the slaves etc so it's making a pretty provocative point about where he believes women stood it's obviously progressed since 1972 but stood in the world in 1972 that's uh, yeah so we got deep and in, intense with but happy uh, not happy that's I keep screwing it up uh, it's uh, to John Lennon man what a what a artist and 41 years ago he got un, shot and killed and what an untimely what a sad early death so which, by the way, leads us right into But what a miracle it was That he was alive to give us the art he did Boom So, now we have Hopeless TV Row it. this one's simple And, again, I hope we didn't offend anyone with that topic It was, it just I just felt, felt it was an interesting one to dive into Because a lot of people don't know about that song uh, Hopeless TV I think everyone by now knows about this big Beatles movie That came out on uh, on Disney+, Plus, where it restored the footage of the Beatles making a couple albums, actually, but including the album Let It Be, and you get to see the Beatles in real time creating masterpieces, songs that are, it's like if you got to watch Restored in real time, Beethoven creating, like, Beethoven's Ninth. It's incredible. What makes me feel hopeless, Rohit, is a lot of people, or some people, are saying, man, it's so long and that upsets me because the creative process is long and what's amazing about this for anyone who's in any way creative or loves creativity it's amazing to me that we have footage to be able to watch these four geniuses struggle and create and argue and debate and help each other and collaborate all at once and and then you end up with songs like let it be or get back or why don't we do it in the road? You name the classic song. We watch them do it and how they, and where it starts and where it ends and how these guys are coming up with it. To me, I would watch 50 hours of it. I've watched five hours of it so far. It's just talk about diving into the creative process and seeing what is involved in the intricacies of the creative process is fascinating. And it happens to be like, there's John Lennon and Paul McCartney, George Harrison chimes in, uh, then they have Billy Preston, the the African American artist who also was big. He came in as like an eighteen year old to play on some of these songs because they needed someone to do piano. It was it's just brilliant. Uh, so I feel sad that people their time uh, their attention span is so short that they can't realize that what we're watching is something truly special.
1: See, I haven't watched it because I just don't care. I mean, I like I like a bunch of Beatles songs, but like I feel this is more of a thing for like the big fans. And that's fine.
0: fine mm I'm gonna I'm gonna say this if you are and you are a creative person and into the creative process, this substitute any genius anyone who's a someone who's just a part of our culture for has been and will be forever that's what you're doing is you're seeing them create you're seeing them do something that you would never be I mean names I don't know. Name someone else that's like, I can't even think of someone considered on their level. But if, you're, if you could watch Einstein come up with some of his theories and how he did them, I'd watch that. If I could watch it and it looks like it's happening now, I mean, I'm, not, I'm no scientist, but I would watch it. Do you know what I mean? That's what it is. It's really seeing how the process works
1: okay that's actually the best sales pitch I could have gotten because for the same reason for me it was like the same reason I don't watch any of like the 8,000 princess die fucking movies documentaries or things that been put out I was like don't care Um, okay yeah I don't either I don't care I don't care
0: about those either because that's a figure in in, uh, pop culture this is about yeah the creative process
1: okay well I think you've got me you've piqued my my curiosity Aaron based on have I I piqued your creative journey you have piqued my fancy. Pip, pip. <laughs> um,
0: All right, then I feel hope. Thank you. That's a miracle that you might watch it. <laughs> I think I'm going to do it.
1: All right, so let's move on. And you got to give it
0: time. It's a, it's a slow burn. you got to give it time. So then we just have a few more things now because the show is about to wrap, and we had, a, as you can tell, a lot on our mind
1: yeah, over these it's, last it's, 10 days. And speaking of time, it's time for hope in 60 seconds.
0: Oh, yes, this is a good one.
1: And Aaron, you've got one topic for us, and I am going to start the timer now. All right. I feel
0: guilt, Rohit, because over the weekend or a day or two ago, some guy went over to the Fox News building at in New York. I've been to it. I've been on it. It's a beautifully ugly building. And they have a Christmas tree in front of it for the holidays. And some guy burnt it down. And I personally think it's absolutely hilarious. I know arsons are not good people, but in my mind, this is awesome.
1: (laughs) Well, I mean, it's kind of sad that this tree spent all these years living and growing. And it's like, you know, getting chopped down, losing its life but then it just to get burnt down before even Christmas. I don't know. I think that's kind of sad. It's very Grinchy, but, but to watch is, like
0: Sean Hannity walk into the office next to a burnt tree. That's hilarious.
1: Yeah. I mean, any sort of, you know, raging against the establishment I'm into. So yes. Yeah. I can see that. Yeah. All right. Um, so I'm
0: allowed to feel a little smile. Yeah. But poor um, tree.
1: The tree didn't deserve it.
0: Yeah. The tree, it was outside of Fox news. We know it was toast. <laughs> It wasn't going to survive. So the next one, we have submissions now. We have a submission and then hope fulfilled. Ready? Our submission is going to surprise you. Surprised me. I get sent some stuff that's right wing stuff because people want to bug me and I usually don't respond. And this submission today from someone who listened to our show, Luke in DC, said, sent me something that was a post from Joe Rogan. And so I thought, oh, what is this? So I opened it to see what it is. What does he want us to talk about on the show? What is this going to be? And it was a post that Joe Rogan put up that says, the year is 2034 and the cash me outside girl is president. There are (laughs) 67,298 genders. It's illegal to have an opinion. I'm the last straight male. This is my story. (laughs) (laughs) And I was shocked that, and I wrote to him, I'm actually shockingly going to say I approve of this post. I think it's (laughs) awesome. And does do some fair commentary on our society right now. So what do you think? Because that showed me that no matter what side you're on, there are some things. Maybe there aren't sides anymore. Maybe it's just we can agree with with one another on
1: some things and not agree on other things. Because this. I mean, was, I, th- You know good, me. I've always thought Joe Rugg is pretty fucking funny. You know, and I he's got a great interviewer, and like don't agree with him on his medical advice, but like, you know, he's he makes some succinct points. He's had Bernie. He's had Yang. He's had you know all these people on his show, and he's even got Alex Jones on his show. It's like he's just into. Like talking to everybody and saying some shit, but he's, I, I know as much as you hate him, he's I think I a do. lot closer to a, a mindset of you know like fuck all this noise than than a lot of other people, and I, I respect that. So yeah, this 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 tweet's right on brand. Um, so good
0: submission, good submission yeah, that we thought yeah. would be a mean submission. I know he wanted to piss me off with the submission, but it were it wasn't. It made me laugh. So. Yeah. So finally are we ready to feel some hope?
1: Let's do it. Hopefully we got to end the show. Yes. We do.
0: Hope fulfilled. There is I was shown this about uh, I was shown sent. Is that what it's called when you're sent something on your telephone on your cellular telephone, you're sent something. I was sent a piece about this girl that calls herself Nightbird. And she was a contestant for one episode on America's Got Talent. She, it turns out, has cancer, stage four, I guess, and she has a 2% chance of living. She went on the show and gave this amazing performance with this beautiful song about dealing with what she's dealing with and was awesome. Unfortunately, I guess she couldn't continue, but she is still alive, but she couldn't continue because she has to deal with the cancer. So I went on a little wormhole to find out more about her. And I just want to share, and you can look her up. It's Nightbird with an E. I just want you, you can look up this performance and stuff. But I just found this girl to be so inspirational. And the quotes she said while they were talking to her before she sang were like, wow, this woman is like so brilliant with, with giving you good perspective on life. So one of them was, you can't wait until life isn't hard anymore until you decide to be happy, which I think is beautiful. Uh, just because someone leaves you doesn't mean that love isn't real. You can't wait. Uh, a two percent chance of survival is not zero. I am much. I am much so. I'm so much more than the bad things that have happened to me. It's easy to, uh, some people can't see God because they won't look low enough. Rohit, maybe that speaks to you. And there are a lot of people who want hope for something in their life but are afraid to. And so this is someone who's dying of cancer. She's on this show and she's just saying these things. And I just felt, especially the thing about you can't wait for everything until life isn't hard anymore, until you decide to be happy. That really was poignant, I think. And... I, I don't know. That just gave me hope to be sent this and to sh- be able to share it.
1: I think those are beautiful words. Honestly, at first I thought you were going in a different direction because America's got talent. I mean, the voice has been on for 20 seasons and you've all these <laughs> famous people and not one winner has ever done anything with their careers and nobody from America's got talent has ever put out a record that anybody's ever heard. So I think they're all just no, It's not like karaoke. American
0: Idol where no. it's a all lot like of glorified- stars
1: Exactly. It's just glorified karaoke. Um, and Mass Singer, I don't even know. I've never watched that. No, I'd have watched that show sucks. Um, but anyway, I hate <laughs> all these shows. But anyway, but I think you you went a whole different direction than I thought you were gonna go. And I think that those words are quite beautiful for someone to um, you know, it's it often and you're right, it often is like you hear these this type of wisdom from people that are towards the end of their lives, whether it's young or of old age. Um, but it's it's a constant reminder that You know, it's, it's, you can't relive any days, you know, you can't, you know, one thing I always think about is like, you know, the whole like trying to, you know, meet up with friends and this and that versus just staying at home. You know, I always think about, it's like, oh, you know, when I'm on my deathbed, you know, hopefully it's at an old age, I'm not going to look back and be like, oh man, thank God I didn't hang out with my friends that night. Thank God I didn't go to that dinner. Thank God I didn't go like you know have a good time or do this trip or do that. you know Thank God I saved that thirty dollars and <laughs> skipped that little that event because it was 30 bucks. Like yeah you're not gonna say these things. You're gonna be like, no, thank God I lived my life and I loved my life and you know like it's there's a difference between you know living life and just going through life because each day is meant to be lived because you'll never get that day back. So I, I, I think it's, it's, you know, finding hope in it and, and you know, and with her words of, um, you know, uh, um, i am pull up the exact line. Yeah, with her words of, you know, you can't wait till life isn't hard anymore until you decide to be happy. is like, if you to decide to be happy every single day and just, you know, don't let the outside world or other people's decisions bother you as much or just make the most out of every day. It's, I think it's, it's exactly. very wise. So hopefully that's a takeaway for everyone listening to this show. No matter what you got going on, there's something positive you can take from it and something positive you can focus on. Someplace, somewhere you can find hope, which is the whole purpose of this show. So with that, and thank you, Rohit. That was beautiful. And, you
0: know, we usually expect that from you.
1: No, no. It's more like, you know, meat, football, mouth, angry. Yeah. Commies. Yeah. <laughs> commies.
0: So. Yeah. <laughs> so with that that we can't wait next week is episode 69 we've been waiting 69 episodes to do this that's the whole reason we've done this show is to get to episode 69 it'll be the nicest episode ever nicest episode ever and until then Mm -hmm. i'm aaron wolf the aaron wolf on social media he's rohit rohit for vohit (laughs) vohit for rohit (laughs) with the number four
1: yes that's me you can find us all and follow the hopeless show on all of our handles and leave us a five-star rating, please, and a review telling us how we've changed your outlook in life and, and you know, and that, that we're the greatest thing that ever happened to you and that we should run for emperor of the planet or some shit. I don't know. But just, <laughs> or at least that you found some hope. A um, little hope. And until next time with the 69, Aaron, have a good one, and we will catch you guys later. When the world seems golden bleak and you just
0: can't take it anymore. Here it comes, that glimmer of hope, a light shines through the dark. It's a hopeless show, with Aaron and hit woe. It's a hopeless show, with Aaron and rogue hit woe.